All right. So I just finished an interview with Rachel Premack, and Rachel is the editorial director at FreightWave. So she is an investigative journalist, I would consider her, and she writes about the logistics field since 2018. So she wrote a great story about uh, the trucking purge, which I think is an important story, which I will put a link in the comment section below. But we dove a lot about into the story and into some other aspects of trucking and from an outsider kind of looking into that in regards to that, you know, investigative, you know, journalist aspect to it. So um, this is something I hope to have her on more often and she's going to be doing some stories and then we'll be able to uh, bring her on when she does some stories. And so that's awesome. Um, either way. Like I said, um, this is the interview with with me and Rachel. Um, it's an important story. We need to really hear about this aspect of trucking because it's happening now. We're kind of showing you the future. Uh, the information that we have um, is, is, you know, basically based on a little bit of March and into May. And we've got some more, you know, falling to possibly do. So check out this interview. Um, I had a great time. And, and like I said, um, as always, check this out. All right. So, all right, everybody, we are here at Sage News Live, and I have a special guest who wrote a fantastic article. And once I read that article, I had to track her down and bring her on the show, and I was able to do that. We are speaking here with Rachel Premack, which is fantastic because she has an easy name for me to pronounce, and you guys all know how good I am at pronouncing names. So I want to introduce her, and she is from Freight Waves, and I'm going to pull this down right here real quick. And she is the editorial director at freight waves right now how's it going rachel thanks for coming on the show i'm doing well thanks for having me on so if you would a little bit you've been in the industry um kind of writing about trucking since 2018 so i want to give a kind of a little background before we kind of talk about the story that that i read and kind of dive into that so kind of tell us about yourself and and you know what you do what you've done in the past and kind of what you do for freight waves now yeah so i am uh, the editorial director at Freight Waves, as you mentioned, and I have been covering trucking since 2018. Mostly just cover the trucking industry, but also sometimes I get into um, ocean shipping or, you know, Amazon versus UPS versus FedEx type parcel shipping wars there. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I have a lot of fun covering trucking. I like talking to truck drivers and brokers and trying to figure out what's happening in the industry. So it's a it's a great beat, I think, for a journalist to be in because there's lots of interesting people. Trucking is such a key part of how the country works and how the world works and how, um, you know, we happen to have clothing and food and water and money and medicine and all these things that we need to survive. So uh, it's a really fun industry to write about and learn about. So you actually, how did you end up, if you don't mind telling the story, how did you end up at Freightways? Yeah, so I was at Business Insider for four years. I uh, created the trucking beat there, and uh, I got to know Craig Fuller, who's the CEO of Freight Waves, kind of early on in me covering trucking. It was probably four or five months after I wrote my first story on trucking that uh, we got connected, and we just basically had like a friendship and you know conversation going since then. And at a certain point, it just made sense for me to join because, you know, I was covering other topics at Business Insider that didn't relate to logistics or supply chain at all. And I just really missed covering logistics and, you know, talking to drivers and talking to people in the industry. Um, and Freight Waves is a great place to be writing about 
everything related to what's going on in our physical economy right now. So it, it made sense for me to go there, even though it is, you know, you know, by audience wise, it definitely is a smaller publication for uh, than Business Insider, other more mainstream publications. Right. And so once you kind of come out of there, did you kind of like fall right into place? I mean, logistics is a monstrous field. People don't realize that it's, it's, it covers, I mean, when I always say it's gotta be the largest industry in the world because everything moves by logistics. And I, and I show a lot of the Marine traffic in regards to, you know, all the container ships and stuff like that. And when they pull back and they're like, Oh my God, really? So that aspect of it, is there kind of a, an area that you're looking to go with it? Or you just kind of want to just go with logistics itself? I don't know. I mean, I could, I could stay here for a while. I could stay here for the rest of my career. I tried to get out of covering logistics in uh, like late 2020. I started covering non-logistics topics. I wrote about media. I wrote about fashion. I wrote about religion. I wrote about a whole bunch of things, and just none of it really, none of it really like hit as hard as as trucking did in particular. So I I had to get back there. Um, you know, we were just talking earlier before we went live that, uh, you know, you tried to get out of trucking and then it kind of pulled you back in. I'm not yeah. a truck driver. No one should ever allow me to drive a truck because it would, it would be bad because I'm not, you know, the best. I'm a good driver, actually. I'm just not a good parker, but you got to know how to park in order to drive a truck. It's um, key. It's important. Uh, it's, it's pretty crucial. So, um, Anyways, but I kind of, I, I definitely feel the same way, except from a journalistic standpoint that I've tried to get away from the industry, but it just keeps pulling you back in. Um, the other interesting thing is that, uh, you know, I hear this from kind of like white collar professionals in logistics quite a bit that like none of them ever, none of them like grew up or went to college or, you know, they are like thinking, oh, I want to be in trucking. I want to be in logistics. But like they learned about it. And then as soon as they learned about it, they like couldn't get out of it. And that's kind of how I feel. Like I didn't really know a whole lot about um, logistics or supply chain four or five years ago. But now that I have learned so much, it's just like impossible to not see what I see now. Um, right. And growing up in Detroit, I'm definitely exposed to the industrial side of the economy. Oh, automotive, which is a, you know, that that's one of the, maybe the eighth or ninth wonder of the world would be automotive delivery in regards to logistics and just-in-time freight. Um, yeah. yeah, you're just talking about it. I said, it's like the godfather. What do you think you're out? They pull you back in. You just can't get out. Um, but I, I think it's one of those because it's so large and there's so many aspects to it. And if you're a curious person, you're like, hey, what about this? What about this? Yeah. How does this work? How does this work? Yeah, there's so many layers of the onion to peel off. Like, you think you think you've got it, and then you learn about something else, and you're like, I have no idea how this works, and it's just right. And, and it's, it 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 can be interesting, and I think it keeps people who who have that type of personality that they they need to be interested in things. They need things need to change a little bit. It allows yeah. you to do that if you can step out of that and say, Hey, I, I want to do that one. I want to do that next. And, and that's why, you know, I think that's why I enjoy it so much is, you know, it's okay. logistics because here it's brought me from driving a truck to owning a truck, to owning a carrier, to owning a brokerage, to overdimensional freight to YouTube. Yeah. How did I get here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so it, it's, it's that, that a opportunity. So I did read the, the article and, and the article that jumped out was the great purge. Um, 
And I'm going to pull this one up so we can take a look at it. Let me do this here. Click this button here. So this was the article that kind of I read and I said, okay, time for me to uh, reach out because a couple, it's a lot going on in the industry right now. And dr some drivers that just dumped in have no idea what's going on, right? Uh, the older drivers who have been here a while, they kind of know what's going on, but everybody's a little nervous because we don't know how, you know, that drops. So some of the stuff that you talk about and when you write the article, it, it's nice because you even start the article. Well, I, I think that's what kind of grabbed me from the point of explaining what happened in that trucking companies uh, who's now trying to broker that freight. Right. You give a little backstory explaining what people are seeing or, or might not be seeing. And then some people are seeing. So you basically start the article um, and I'll kind of that way, you know, you guys can read it. It's on FreightWaves.com, but I'll kind of give the gist. You had a trucking company brokerage, a trucking brokerage, post a load for $2 a mile for some hot tubs. And they were coming out of uh, Seattle going to Wisconsin. So he posts the load at under $2 a mile and he's waiting for all the phone calls screaming at him, telling him how cheap freight is and do you know how much fuel is and all this other stuff. And that's not what happened, was it? Right. Yeah, so this that, that was interesting when I chatted with uh, Chris, I think it was, yeah, it was last week. He was talking about, oh, you know, I posted this load, it was under $2 a mile, really not like, nothing to write home about. He expected, you know, people to, to ask for higher and higher uh, uh, rates for that. And then instead he got dozens, he said he got dozens of phone calls, hundreds of text messages, just tons of people just really wanting that job. Um, hauling hot tubs from the Pacific Northwest to Wisconsin. Um, and it definitely shows how quickly it's not just, it's not even that rates are down. It's just how quickly they've, they've gone down. So spot rates are way down at the same time. Diesel is way up and this changed not overnight, but in the matter of a few months. So that, that's really what is, concerning me as a person watching the industry and definitely concerning, you know, other analysts and people in the industry who are wondering how especially small truck drivers are going to survive all this. Right. Cause a lot of the truck drivers, they came in and they might've, you know, said, Oh my God, trucking is great. And we had a huge amount of trucking companies come in, um, which I'm showing the freight waves chart here. Uh, like I said, I'll give it back when I'm done. Uh, but a huge amount jump in in about 20 just before April, it started to just shoot up and it was like a hundred thousand jumped in at that point compared to what they normally were. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the total count of new fleets uh, authorized for hire as that, as that headline shows. And something interesting, uh, one of those kind of interesting data points uh, I learned from reporting this piece um, from FTR, which is um, an, an, a freight analysis firm. Um, mm -hmm. Eight advice from FTR told me that from July 2020 to now, almost 200,000 new trucking companies entered the market. Um, about 70% of those new companies were just like one guy or one woman, one truck. Um, right. And so over that 23-month period, we saw about 950 195,000 struggling here. 195,000 new trucking companies entered the industry 
the previous 23-month period that we compared this to only saw 86,000 new carriers, so more than twice as many. So we're, we're really seeing an unprecedented number of new small trucking companies in the market. Um, and a lot of them joined, you know, chasing those high spot rates and probably left uh, large carriers to, to uh, enter the industry. Yeah, because I think what happens from from my point of view, what I see a lot of drivers, you know, talking to drivers, being a broker and, and, and on from my side is a lot of drivers, when they saw these great rates and they released to carriers, they're like, hey, I can do this myself. I can go out and get my own authority. I'm going to go ahead and jump in. So they went out and they, they got their own authority and started doing their own, you know, running their own freight and, and grabbing, you know, spot market freight because it was just booming. I mean, there was just so much of it. So a lot of those solo guys and stuff, that's a lot, probably a lot of those numbers, I would say, right? Yeah. Is those guys that yeah. said, hey, he, you know, this carrier, you know, I, I can do this. I can run it myself. And I'll, yeah. he's off running. And next thing you know, he finds out, uh-oh. Uh, yeah. now, exactly. exactly. I were an employee of a large trucking company and spot rates are at like, what, six, seven dollars a mile? Just crazy numbers. It's like, Right. I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm not taking the salary when I could just be making like crazy right. money out there right now. So then we had um, what uh, Freightwaves called the bloodbath. That was the pre-bloodbath situation that was coming uh, because of the well. You have shutdowns. Um, you have uh, in China over in China, which of course we are a consuming country. You know, we consume yeah. things, right? China make things, we consume things. It's a perfect relationship unless China shuts down. And then it's not so much a good relationship because uh, we're in this situation. Uh, and then of course diesel prices start shooting up. And there's a massive shift. I mean, it got to the point that trucks were a hundred thousand dollars more than you know. If a truck was a hundred thousand, it ended up being two hundred thousand, right? So we're now in a different situation, and we have, of course, this moved on me. This right here was an interesting chart, um, and if this is the one that says the net, uh, this is basically trucking companies shutting down. In English, it's trucking company shutting down. Yeah. yeah, I had to say net revocations because that's the technical term. But yes, in English, yeah. trucking company shutting down. Correct. So we had now 4,000 of them attributed to a processing agent because there was a processing agent that shut down and they just said, see you later. So here the truck drivers are like, don't worry, it's covered. And then they found out, nope, it wasn't covered. That company shut down, correct? Yeah, so that that's something I learned a little bit more after the piece is that that one uh, company that processed um, a certain required form for truck drivers, they shut down kind of suddenly. Um, so out of of all the trucking companies that shut down, um, according to that federal number in May, that totals 9,300 or nearly 9,300. 4,000 of that is from the um, the process agent company that shut down. But even if we take out that 4,000, it's still a record number of trucking companies that went out of business. Um, so the one other thing that's important to note with this is that this data lags by a few months. So this actually probably more accurately represents um, companies in March that shut down and went out of business. So this is like 
this is just like the beginning. Like it's going to be much worse than this in like the following months, just because we really didn't see spot rates plummet and diesel really start to increase until, um, you know, the spring. So this is more reflecting March. So basically, so March shows up and that's why I make sure I'm breaking this down. So March shows up and we have, let's take out the 4,000 because of the um, processing agent. We have a record high amount of trucking companies that smaller trucking companies basically going out of business, right? You had, I think we had a couple that were larger ones that I remember seeing stories, but a record number of smaller ones. Now, those guys could have shut down and just said, I'm out of here. I'm selling my truck. Or they could have shut down and said, I'm going to go drive for Joe Schmo trucking, right? And, and been le- and leased on under somebody else's authority. Right. Either way, they left. So either they left and they went to so another carrier or they just completely left. And that's not even calculating real fuel hikes yet. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So this is, I imagine this is people in March or February who kind of read the tea leaves and they were like, well, it looks like we're going back to another down cycle. I should probably sell my truck and get out of here. Um, but of, of, of all that numbers, it's definitely going to be, up in the next few months because uh the the cost of running a company is only has really only gone up and the pay is just getting worse and worse yeah and that and a lot of that is and and how i normally explain just for everybody who's listening freight rates are based on supply and demand mostly right you get a fuel surcharge and that affects freight but supply and demand so if there are a hundred trucks and one load guess what you know that i got to I got to incentivize one of those 100 trucks to pick my load, right? If there is a hundred loads and one truck, there has to be incentivized for that. So when you have a one load and a hundred trucks, they're diving all over that. But when there's only, when there's a hundred loads and one truck, I have to then throw a lot of money at that to get the driver's attention. um, And that's when rates go up. That's the supply and demand aspect of it. Right, exactly. We want you want more more loads per truck for sure. Um, and the ratio of loads per truck last year were was incredibly favorable for trucking companies, but now that that power balance is definitely shipping from carriers back to shippers. Right. So then we and okay. So some of the stuff. So now we're going into fuel prices. So then fuel gets kicked up. Um, now there is a fuel surcharge, so there is usually um, you know an, uh, an upward in rate, uh, prices there. But even though the demand's down, these guys aren't getting the demand has dropped so much that even that fuel surcharge isn't truly affecting the price. And that's where the trucking brokerage that you started with the story basically said, "I'm going to get screamed at. They're going to yell at me. They're going to tell me, you know." And next, and and they were taking loads because they would rather keep moving. And that seems to be pretty much what's going on then, correct? They're taking loads to at least keep make something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it just really just comes back down to the fact that one thing that's important to know is that because there are so many owner-operators in the market now, um, some a, a common critique I hear is that, like, basically loads – Loads won't get cheap if people if people reject um, how, how do I phrase this better if if people are accepting low rates low rates will 
those rates will continue to get lower. Yeah. So something I hear sometimes on like the various like truck driver Facebook groups is just like, if you see a low rate, just ignore it. Don't take it. Mm. If the more of us band together and decide not to take the low rates, the rates won't continue to tumble down. But there are, like I said, hundreds of thousands of, of, of owner operators. So, um, and a lot of them are new to the industry. So can't really band together, you know, 150,000 new companies, or rather 200,000 new companies because everyone's kind of working on their own, seeing right. their own kind of market. They've got their own costs to worry about. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely pretty brutal out there for, for owner operators, I would say. Yeah, that's the main thing I, I explain to drivers a lot too. And they say, don't haul cheap freight, right? If we don't haul cheap freight, then the rates will come up. And But the problem is, is what's cheap to me might not be cheap to you, right? Exactly. For, I might be driving a, a 21, you know, Peterbilt and you're driving a 19, uh, I'm sorry, a, a 2018 truck. And, you know, the price is different. I, you know, there's a lot of variables out there. So, it's very difficult because that freight might move and then the customer might say, well, let's try moving it by the rail or let's wait for, a, you know, a mega carrier to drop a trailer in here. And, you know, so there's a lot of other to, to make that freight move. There's other options. It Money isn't always the only answer. Some customers might not even have the money in it because that's another aspect to this is that if freight demands down, that means customers are also their demand for the goods that they're moving is down. So they might not have the money, correct? Right, right. So that's that's another interesting side of this is that big box retailers in particular, they have way too much inventory for how for how slowly sales have increased by the same rate. So the big retailers, you know, Target, the Walmart, the Amazon, they definitely are cutting back at the same time. So there's just definitely a lot going on. And the one the one big caveat I want to make here is that I, I think most, most of what I'm covering and most of what I'm talking about is more on the dry van and as well as the reefer side, but definitely on the dry van side. Uh, my understanding is that flatbed is still doing great. And, you know, there, there are other sort of specialty forms of the trucking industry. Let's say if you, if you haul um, grain feed or, you know, specialized. Mm-hmm construction equipment or like kind of some of these other niches that are just a little bit more uh yeah just you know niches that are a little bit more specialized uh you're probably still doing fine but it's definitely the generalized dry van type freight right now that is really struggling so is this something like i said as as and you're covering it from the journalist aspect of it somebody that enjoys covering the journal you know that the journalistic side of it right mm-hmm. so from that side of it, how, I mean, because obviously people are coming to you or you're going to questions, you know, going to people and saying, hey, explain this to me, explain this to me. How are the actual people explaining it? Do they seem worried? I mean, do they seem like, uh, I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> I'm at, you know, I'm, I could be in trouble. I mean, how are they kind of expressing the stories to you, the, the, their mental state of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the people who I end up talking to are like, yeah, it's going to be bad for all these other people. <laughs> so a lot of the people I talk to are pretty confident, um, at least confident in their own sort of business. Right. Um, 
some people I talk to, some people email me asking like, oh, I have this truck. What should I do with it? I don't know if I should leave the industry or stay in the industry. And I, as mentioned, have no business experience. I'm not a business owner or an owner operator driver by any means. You know, I re I follow the economy pretty closely, but definitely cannot give business advice. But I think overall, the people I talk to, both truck drivers as well as, you know, people who do planning for major shippers or, you know, are monitoring the inventory at these major, you know, companies or retailers, people, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I would say that the people who manage inventory and manage, um, you know, our executives at some of these big shippers, they're very confused about what's going on. They don't know whether they should, you know, invest more or invest less or if things are going to perk back up again or, you know, there could be another, you know, kind of export crisis uh, blocking off, you know, products from China and maybe they should bulk up on their inventory or maybe they should get ready for the holiday season or back to school season. So it's just like, I, I think I think on the shipper side, people are very confused. On the carrier side, I would say that there's also kind of a mixed bag. I would say for, you know, drive-in owner-operator types, they are kind of looking to get out of the industry. And then, you know, I do talk to flatbed types who are like, everything's fine. Stop, stop stoking fears, you know. But so it's a mixed bag for sure. And I think that's what makes this current moment very confusing in supply chain is that some things are doing really well, some things are doing really poorly, and it's just like no one really knows what direction to go to. So that's why I definitely enjoy talking to people, but I also really enjoy just going straight to the data and saying, okay, these are the numbers, this is what's happening according to the numbers, mm -hmm. and we can kind of just go from there. Right. It's confusing. The investigative journalist aspect of logistics, kind of tracking down what's going on here, what's going on there, uh, yeah. and that to that which which is it's nice because to have that outside view that just says you need to explain this to me so i can understand makes yeah. you want to dive into it more right and figure out what's yeah. going on and does it you know make this make me understand so i can write about it right yeah, exactly. teaching people how to drive truck and i don't need to be cheap down to run their business but i want to know how i can so i can write about it so that they can use my information to better make decisions in regards yeah. to their business yeah and the other thing is that I think most or a lot of my readers are in the trucking industry or they're shippers or, you know, they have some sort of involvement in that. But I do also try to write for people who have absolutely nothing to do with supply chain or nothing to do with logistics. They're, you know, just like, right. So I live in New York and like most of the people I talk to, I have to explain what a tractor is versus what a trailer is. <laughs> like people have no idea what, like, they think it's, like, crazy that I, like, you know, cover the trucking industry. So I also do kind of write for people who just have no involvement in it, have no idea what's going on. But they are also interested in, like, how the economy works. They want to know. They probably want to know how their stocks are going to do. They want to know, you know, whether they should buy a house or buy a car or whether rents are going to go up and all these things. And all of these, like, big kind of, like, personal finance questions mm -hmm. really tie a lot of that back to what's going on in trucking. Because, you know, let's say, let's say flatbed's doing really poorly. You can 
look at that and say, okay, probably new home builds are also down. That's just kind of one super simplified example. Or you could say, okay, dry van's down. Maybe, you know, retail is not doing so hot right now. There's a lot of different ways you can, like, look at what's going on in trucking and, like, apply it to your personal life, for sure. So I definitely do want to write for people in the industry, but I think anyone, I think everyone should know about how trucking works. Yeah, because it, it, it's, so basically you're writing to the people not in the game. Um so I think it's good, too, because a lot of people now, logistics has come to the forefront, right? So it kind of needs translators to basically say, look, this is why this is important. This is why this is important. You know, you, you, the reason why, you know, you, you're not getting this good at the store or it's taking 17 days to get this good is because of this. Um, and, and even to the aspect that, you know, things you might want to order some. If you see something now, you might want to buy it now, because if this happens, what we're talking about right here, it could take an extra three weeks to get it. so it's kind of predicting the future or how people kind of see that you know i explain this a lot too is like people are like oh you can see the future it's like no i just i just see things first because it goes through me as a freight broker so it gets to you right it gets to you through me through that trucking industry and i think that's that's uh, a big deal and like i said when i read the article and some of the other articles i wrote i think that you definitely bring that aspect to the game right to the civilians not in the logistics you know people um but that this like i said so this was definitely a story i think everybody should check out um to understand what could be if it it keeps going this way which it looks like it is could be a next possible problem we're going to have in regards to getting our goods right right i think regardless I, I do think this could be one, you know, looking at trucking rates decline, it could be one possible hedge against inflation. It's not, you know, one that we like to see because it means that drivers are getting paid less and companies are going out of business. But this is, you know, some some economists are looking at this and they're saying, okay, with, uh, you know, transportation costs lowering, we could also see the price of goods start to fall again. But the problem with trucking is that it's just so it's up and down and up and down and up and down. So, you know, I'm sure in a year we'll we'll hear uh, companies saying, oh, now we have a driver shortage. And, you know, everything goes back in a circle and suddenly we start seeing the $10,000 sign up bonuses again. You know, obviously that's a whole other conversation, whether those are ever actually paid out. But um, there's an investigation. But you know, it's 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 all a cycle, and we're definitely in a down cycle right now. Um, but I think the best thing that truck drivers can do is that, at the very least, just like know what how cyclical the industry is, and you know, try to keep up from there. Yeah, and I think that's a good way. Like I said, understanding people enter the industry and they get in. Sometimes they get into trucking, not exactly knowing the whole big picture of logistics and trucking. Like they know trucking but they don't know logistics and they enter into the logistical field through that truck. And then they need to understand the big picture of it all so that they can make decisions and things that will, I I say it's a lot like what you do during the good times should help you during the slow times. Right. Make it through there. And by knowing when those slow times could be coming, you can kind of hedge your bets a little bit. Yeah. Definitely saving for, for what could, what could, what could, and what absolutely will happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of jump in and share? 
The one big thing I think contributing to all this that we didn't touch on is just that all of, or I imagine the vast majority of those new owner operators who entered the industry last mm-hmm. year, if they bought a used truck, which they probably did, they are pay, they pay your, they're paying two to three times as much what it normally would cost. So they mm-hmm. have these like, massive lease payments to make. Which was fine when rates were incredibly high. That that could be done. But now that rates are kind of returning to a normal level, it's it's not great for sure. So yeah. there's a lot going on. Costs are the cost to run a trucking company is considerably higher, you know, between fuel and equipment and insurance and all these things. Um so it's it's a challenging time for sure. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like I said, when there are truck prices and trailer prices that uh, you know, a twenty five thousand dollar trailer was fifty thousand dollars, and a hundred thousand dollar truck was two hundred thousand dollars. And these guys, you know, jumped in and said, "Yep, I can afford the monthly payment on that," or you know, or and let's go and let's go, and they jumped in, not realizing that you know freight lies consistency, right? And for us. And it's, I think it's very difficult too. And here's another conversation is for a truck driver to get a raise, it's very difficult because if the truck drivers get raises, then the cost of the goods go up. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say, Hey, it's, we're going to give you a raise, but we're going to pass that on to the cost of the goods. So now you've got a raise, but the tire that used to cost $300 now costs $400 because of the raise that you got. So exactly. That's something very difficult for them to understand uh, in regards to truck driving. That that baseline price makes it so we can all stay under that inflationary. Definitely, yeah. That's a that's that's a really interesting point. Like, just because the price of trucking gets into everything, you can't really see a raise for a truck driver's salary without everything else getting more expensive. There is one driver I spoke to at the end of last year who was saying. Exactly this. Like, yeah, I'm I'm making more money, but the other hand, you know, my subway sandwich costs more, tires cost more, all these things cost more. And this was this was before the increase in diesel. So it's um yeah, it's 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 definitely a really challenging industry. And the other the the other side of this is that like you really can't control how the larger economy is doing. And that's like so much of like a trucking company's performance is just dependent on whether people are buying gas, whether people are buying clothes on Amazon, and so much of that is out of your control. Um, so it's a it's a challenging industry to be in for sure. But without without drivers, we would be what is it? Naked, starving, homeless, thirsty. I imagine all these things. Yeah, so. yeah there'd be a, there'd be a lot. I wouldn't have any of the stuff that I'm talking to you on right yeah. now. I wouldn't have my YouTube channel. So yeah, it, it, it is, they, everything comes, if it's depending even middle mile, last mile, you know, it, it comes by a truck. Um, even off of that train, it's transferred by a truck. So well, people think it can come by train. Yeah. It got there by a container that was dropped off by a truck. I don't know what to tell you. So it, it, it's that big picture. So from boat to truck somehow to your hands or to the store and yeah, from and too many people were just at a point that they're just like I don't know, but it's in my hand, and now they're seeking out why isn't it in my hand? Yeah, and it's you know journalists like yourself that are actually saying, let me explain. And I, I think that's a great you know that's something very good that the industry truly needs is that outside that outside look right in saying, well, if I don't understand, some they're not going to understand. So let me write about it. So yeah, that they- no, that's exactly my thought process with every story. I'm like. 
I don't get how this works, and I can't find any article that explains it, so I guess I have to write about it now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fantastic. So um, I want to thank you so much for coming on, and um, I hope to do this again. Like, I'd like to bring you on live when you have stories like this and and talk about it. That'd be awesome. Definitely, definitely. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Just hold on one sec before I uh, I'm put you backstage. And uh, as always, uh, stay safe. Sage out. All right. So if you like what you heard here and you want to make sure you can stay up to date, make sure you check out SageNewsLive.com. That's my website. It's also going to be where you're going to find where I'm also at. Uh, podcast, Spotify, a- Apple, um, Twitch, Vimeo, all these other places, not just on YouTube. So if you're looking to listen to me on podcast or anything else, you can go ahead and hit up the website. Also, upcoming streams, things I'm going to be having. And if you're looking for factoring for under 2% with one of the best factoring companies out there, definitely check me out uh, my website. Go ahead and shoot me a text or email me about the information. I'll reach out and get you hooked up like a tow truck. As always, stay safe. Stay out.